Tonight's topic is photography, featuring three speakers who will share their stories behind their favorite photographs and how they come to create the perfect frame. First up, we have Jerry McBride, a veteran photojournalist with 26 years of daily newspaper experience. I discovered his love of photography during freshman year of high school, and in the mid-1990s, he joined the photography team at the Maryville Daily Times near the Smoky Mountains. And for the last 22 years, he has been with us at the Durango Herald. Um, of course, my name's Jerry McBride, a photo video editor, photographer at the Durango Herald. Of course, I've been there 22 years. Uh, myself and Nancy Richmond were hired here by uh, managing editor Dave Stotts and Richard Ballantyne to bring a quality daily photojournalism to the paper. Um, and during those years I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of quality uh, photojournalism uh, shooters and daily editors, reporters, salespeople, everybody. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing that the, the amount of talent that takes to get a paper going and working with all these editors and stuff, you know, it's a, it's a team thing. Everybody's working together, planning story ideas, and most off catching my mistakes. Thank you, David, Shane, Trent, everybody, <laughs> you know, it's here. And uh, so it's just, it's, um, it's, it's just a, it's a pleasure to work with these guys. And, you know, a lot of people say, you know, the Herald is, a, you know, well, it's a place to start your career at. I mean, that's true, too. But there are so many people at the Herald over the years and currently who have worked at larger um, news organizations and or the ones here now or anytime could work at any of those. So you guys are very lucky at the quality of journalism, journalists that work here. So, and the reason I've stayed here is because of... Uh, the commitment to journalism that the Ballantyne family, Richard Ballantyne, has. Um, we do work that larger papers are envious of, and you know, and of course, it's the community who reads the paper and really pays attention to what is in the paper. And um, you know, it's just it's just a fan place. So as I said, I started shooting uh, photos in my freshman year in high school, first using my dad's brownie camera, and then my uh, brother's uh, Tom uh, Petrie 35 millimeter camera that he carried in Vietnam. So, yes, photos are rolling now, so <laughs> time, and I can't see these, so I gotta kinda run over here, so. Anyway, so that photo there is the first photo of the Missionary Ridge fire. And what it comes down to is having a great relationship with area first responders. Because if, if we don't get in to get these photos, have access, we don't get the photos. It's just that simple. Whether it's um, the central fire, being able to be right up there with these guys, um, catching these dramatic moments of people on a ledge, people's homes burned down in wildfires. Dan Bender with the Sheriff's Department, who retired, was, was a great help on getting access to these. And same thing, the 416 fire, having access to it, um, dramatic, you know, airdrops, everything. If you don't have access, you don't get those shots. It's just that simple. And it's just, uh, it's, a, it's wonderful. Helicopter shooting in a helicopter is one of my favorite things. And, you know, just kind of catching these dramatic photos that catch everybody's eyes and make you kind of stop and look and appreciate what's in that photo. And, and the other thing is photographing these first responders who risk their lives every day for us and very appreciative of that. 
And, uh, you know, catching moments like these of, you know, the little bears, um, a murder suspect being arrested downtown Durango. Car crashes, I absolutely hate car crashes. It's the worst thing. I just hate going to them. Because when I go to them, they're usually bad, and it's not good. And when I do go to them, um, I'm very humble, very respectful, and I carry those feelings with me for the rest of the day. And always, actually. And so, you know, it's just a dramatic times. You know, what's great about this job is you just never know what your day's gonna be. You know, getting cussed out by a guy who got arrested for trespassing off of Baker's Bridge. You know, to when the weather's bad, I'm out there. You know, it's, it's the photographers and you gotta show them. Roads that are too narrow where you have to fold the mirrors and um, president comes in to visit. You know, it's just amazing. Uh, memorial service for the helicopter crash, um, documenting people's lives in jail. You just never know. Wild horse roundup, you know, I do. I just, I have probably the best job around, you know, and it's, it's a very demanding job. Hours are long. It's, it's just getting out there, using your news judgment, <laughs> you know, yeah. Streaker at a Fort Lewis game, that was, yeah, kind of crazy. <laughs> You know, to women who got locked out of her house and used an axe to break in. Of course, the Aztec shooting, terrible thing. And you know, and you just don't know what you're gonna be going into these situations. You know, people can be happy, people can be angry. People can be there who don't want you there. And you know, and there's, there's a lot of those times too. So it's, it's just a really demanding, fun job and we love it you know, photographing students in schools, and you do, you just never know where you're gonna go at. I think last year I shot like 600 and, 751 assignments, news assignments, and then like 150 sports assignments. So you figure there's maybe, that shutter clicked about 200,000 times last year. <laughs> Thank God for digital, you know. Film, that would have been a different story. So it's just, you know, nature is kind of one of my and things that I like to shoot, it's, it's kind of my relaxation when I get to go in there. Um, you know, sports, sports is just, I love sports. It's challenging, it's frustrating, I love it. But you have to have so many skills to shoot so many different sporting events. These aren't all outside, these are inside, they're dark, they're sad moments, you know, there's cool moments, Howard Grotz, Iron Horse Race with the mountains behind. You know, there's just so much that you get to do. Catch the emotion of a, of a wrestler there during high school. You know, amazing athletes in this community uh, get caught in a fight. <laughs> that was at Fort Lewis. Yeah, just, you know, rodeo, love rodeo. But it is, you know, it's all different lenses, wide angles, mid-telephotos, super-telephotos. And like I said, these are just very challenging lighting situations. They're just, you push your equipment to the max. And you, to do this job, you do have to have good equipment. And thank goodness the, the Herald backs that. Ned Overing coming down the mountains at 60 miles an hour, full snow on you. You know, if you don't have good equipment, that's gonna be terrible. The, you know, a decisive moment, Henry Cartier-Bresson, you know, coined that decisive moment. You try to catch that, you know. And whether it's peak action or a good smile, you know, some of the portraits that I do, you know, they're in the environment. You know, they're just uh, wherever you find the people, get them to relax. Iron Horse Motel or hotel in there, 
funny artist, you know. So there's just a lot of different things. Gleb, world famous photographer who was uh, tragically killed on the roads. Um, you know, just portraits. This was the cover of DGO, the inaugural one. It was fun to shoot. Navajo code talker. So, you know, we do go down to New Mexico, Arizona. I mean, we just, we do cover a lot of ground. And it's just a, it's a lot of fun underwater. Got to have a GoPro for that. Excuse me. So it's, it is a lot of different equipment. Like I said, wildlife, I love to shoot wildlife and wherever I see it. That photo went worldwide. It was crazy. It was just crazy on that photo. And just, you know, different things. I mean, I could show photos for 100 hours, but just different things. And, and a lot of this, you know, those majority of my assignments are assigned, but then there's a lot of it where you go out. Okay, we, you know, we've got a first snowstorm. Um, you know, patriotic squirrel, <laughs> you know. Hey, can you find one of those? Yeah, right. No, they're just there. But, you know, just hitting these things. You know, shooting from a hot air balloon, you know, I was in another one on that. So that's the, the I love this job because I just, I get to do everything. I get to meet the most amazing people who dedicate their lives. And whether it's, you know, somebody at a hospital or wherever. So. It's just, uh, it's just amazing. The Gold King, you know, that all started with a phone call. And uh, went out, checked it out, and hung around, caught these guys coming down. This photo is still getting used around the world. I mean, I kind of think in some ways that this photo probably brought a huge amount of attention to the whole Gold King spill. Because once this, I moved it on the wire, once it got on the wire, it was shipped all over the world. and. Uh, I mean, I had people sending me emails accusing me of falsifying this photo, changing the color of that. And I go, no, it was really that color. And I finally got done where I just didn't even answer those, those emails anymore. I'm just like, oh, really? Come on, you guys. And look at some of the other photos that are out there. But yeah, it's just a, it's a great job. And I don't think there's a county road I have not been on in this county in 22 years. And how many people have I photographed here? There's got to be a couple. Yeah, okay, yeah, see, there's a few. And uh, so, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a beautiful, wonderful job. And I'm honored to have it and, and uh, can't believe it's been 22 years. That's incredible in any job anymore, and especially in newspapers under challenging times. So I'm very thankful for it. Next up, we have Allison Ragsdale, who never wanted to do anything but be a photographer. Uh, she took a darkroom photography class in high school and never looked back. While at the Art Institute of Colorado, she discovered her true passion was in creating portraits. And Allison and her husband, Matt, started Allison Ragsdale Photography in 2007. Hi. <laughs> I'm Allison Ragsdale. My husband, Matt, who's sitting right over there, um, we own Allison Ragsdale Photography. We have a portrait studio here in town, just a few blocks north from here. And if you've heard, if you've heard my name before, it's because of Matt. He's our marketing genius, behind the scenes kind of guy. So nobody knows about him, but, so thank you, yeah. <laughs> so I took a darkroom class um, 
black and white in high school, darkroom photography. And I just, that's after that class, that's all I wanted to do. And so I thought I would be the next Ansel Adams was my goal at one point. So I could have been more like Frank here. But I went to the Art Institute up in Denver, and we took a different different types of um, genres of photography classes and discovered portraiture, and that was it for me. That's There's something about the collaborative process with my clients that I just love. Every session is different because every client's different. And so that's the direction I went. I have four pages of notes, so bear with me. <laughs> I'll try to hold my spot as I go. Um, I met Matt uh, when I was in Denver in college. We worked at Wolf Camera together, so we worked at a camera store. And he's the one who convinced me that we should have our own business here versus me working for another photographer. I think, um, seems like it's working out. Okay, we've been in business here for 12 years now, so that's pretty awesome. Um, we've been incredibly blessed. I feel the same way as Jerry. So grateful that we get to do what we love every day in this community with all of our friends and family and awesome clients. And um, it's not always easy, but it's always worth it. So I was going through my pictures trying to prepare for tonight, and the common thread that I kept finding over and over was that these pictures all included some kind of type two fun to get to capture them. <laughs> um, where did that, I have a description of that in case you don't know exactly what that means. Um, it's type two fun is miserable while it's happening, but fun in retrospect. <laughs> so <laughs> I also love type one fun where it's just fun the whole time. Um, but I'm really proud of some of these pictures where the circumstances weren't comfortable. Um, it was really hard to even open our eyes because we were being like sandblasted, things like that. But the, you know, to be able to still capture something that I'm proud of, I, I think it's cool. So for example, this picture, it was pouring rain. My clients had driven all the way to Moab to, for me to photograph them and they were going to drive back that same night. So we had to make it happen this night. And we, so we went for it anyways, even though it was pouring rain. And we were driving up into Arches National Park and this rainbow came out and so obviously we pulled over and and that's what happened, <laughs> which is, yeah, so awesome. <laughs> um, we, the process normally works, our clients reach out to us via email or phone and we schedule a planning meeting with them so we get together before we ever photograph them so we can talk about what they want to see in the background of their pictures, what they want to wear, what they're planning to do with the pictures so we kind of know what we're shooting for. So we go into all of our sessions of the game plan and then, then you know, we just, we do our best no matter what's happening with the elements. Let's see if I can get this clicker to work. So this, um, we've started photographing some of our high school seniors on location, like destination kind of shoots. So we go to Moab a lot. We go to Arches National Park and Canyonlands and the sand dunes. So I'll show you some, some of those pictures. Um, this was the very first one we ever did before I knew what I was getting into. <laughs> So we, I had my you know, really heavy backpack full of all the gear I could possibly maybe need because I wasn't sure. And so it's, you know, it's, it's like a three mile hike round trip, so it's not terrible, but with that year, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> um, and it was so, so windy. <laughs> Type two fun, yes. <laughs> um, we, I think this next picture, I'll come back to this one in a second. Yeah, this, this is like a behind the scenes on the picture. This, what does it say? Just another day at the office. Like we just so windblown and it, there's sand everywhere. So you are being sandblasted. It's really hard to open your eyes. It was so windy that we were all kind of like hanging on to the rocks because <laughs> we were not comfortable just standing free of the rocks. It was so crazy. Um, and so while all that's happening, like all this crazy chaos outside of my control, I still have to have like the presence of mind to be able to 
create something like this. Like watch for those leading lines and framing the client and the background, you know, making sure that the whole point, you know, of the hike is delicate arch. So I had to make sure that was in the background, but it was so windy that we couldn't stand out in front of it. We had to be in this little frame arch. Um, this is at the Great Sand Dunes, and we went like late spring, like late May, because I was thinking it wouldn't be too hot walking on that sand if we went like late spring. And then we had the opposite problem, and it snowed the night before the session. <laughs> and so it was freezing, like not even 30 degrees. And we went out at sunrise because it's so pretty there at sunrise. And there's a creek you have to cross between the parking lot and being out into the dunes. And that is all snow melt. And it was like you, the minute you stepped in it, it just so painful. And <laughs> you couldn't, then you couldn't feel your feet, which was, that was better. <laughs> uh, and she's out there, it, like my clients are incredible. She's out there in her dress, and like she doesn't look old. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, she looks totally fine. Um, we went and um, bought some like rain boots so we could cross this creek in it in those boots, because we had to go, we had a session later that evening also, a sunset one, and uh, we wear those boots every time now, like no matter what time of year it is, for whether it's hot sand or freezing cold creek, you're covered with your rain boots that go up to your knees. <laughs> um, then, this last summer, we had the opposite problem, where there was no wind, because usually when I go, we get that crazy sandblasted wind where there's like wind in your, I mean, sand in your ears, sand in your teeth, that kind of thing. This one, there was no wind, which was really nice, except that meant there was a ton of mosquitoes. So it was like, take a picture, and then everybody like smack all over, get, you know, try to get rid of all the mosquitoes, and then take some more pictures. And again, you can't tell, like, the, my, my clients just amaze me every time we go out and shoot. Um, I have some, I have some, not that any of you want to know this, but I'm going to tell you anyways, we have some issues with bugs, I feel like. <laughs> uh, mosquitoes is a common one. Um, I've actually had bed bugs twice on these <laughs> adventures that I've gone on, and one in, uh, one in Moab and then in a hotel in, in uh, the sand dunes. So I, <laughs> I have to go out on these shoots, and I'm itchy and miserable, but still, <laughs> still wanna, I still have to, you know, do everything I can to make sure my client's happy, that I photograph them the way we talked about me photographing them. <laughs> I don't know why I felt like that was necessary for the story. Just I needed you to know like the amount of <laughs> yeah, hazards out there. <laughs> totally. Um, so then then I realized at one point maybe not everyone wants to hike like a mile or two to whatever destination we're gonna go shoot at. Um, so this is Mesa Arch out in Canyonlands. It's one of my favorite places to photograph, but the the type two fun part here because um, it's not much of a hike, is that, that everyone knows about it, and it's so pretty at sunrise that there's like a line of, I don't know, somewhere between like 20 and 50 people probably lined up in front of the arch to photograph it every morning. So you get there and you, you can't really access it necessarily. Um, so we, we get there and we normally, you're driving in the dark to get there because it's before the sun comes up. And then you get there and you, you just have to kind of shoot off to the sides of the arch and then, then once the sun rises, everybody leaves and you have the whole place to yourself, which is really nice. So it works out. So this is one, um, and this one's like, Jerry was talking about, you know, using a bunch of different lenses. This one's a wider angle lens so I can be like right up there in the arch because there's other photographers like shoulder to shoulder with me trying to shoot the arch as well. Um, but then we can be kind of off to the side here and getting, you know, this is also at Mesa Arch, but off to the side so you still have a cool view of all those canyons. Looks like a different planet, I feel like. I love this picture. And I think 
that I didn't have a story behind this one necessarily. I just love this picture, so I wanted to show it to you. <laughs> I think the story here was we, we had the whole trip planned. I had multiple high school seniors coming at different times, and the one we were going to photograph this morning ended up not being able to come. So my assistant Lexi was with me, and so I just photographed her instead, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So the other challenge or type two fun that I love is um, photographing something that I've never photographed before, like doing something brand new to me. Um, so I kind of have to figure it out as I go. And so this was um, Jordan, who's like a professional wake surfer, which is cool. So riding in the back of the boat, just trying to figure out how to, how to do it as we do it. And then this one was a hot air balloon ride I got to go on two weeks ago. And I'd never been on one, and I was really worried that I was going to get up in the air and be freaking out and not be able to actually photograph them. But it was actually way more fun than I thought it was going to be. It was awesome. Yeah, it was so cool. It was a surprise engagement proposal, so that was really fun. <laughs> so cool. But I didn't realize how small the baskets were going to be until I started doing some research. So I rented a wide-angle lens, speaking of that wide-angle. This one was shot at like 15 millimeters. It's super wide, so that you can get them and the background, because that's kind of the point. Um, this one, I just wanted to show you because it's, no matter how much I prepare, <laughs> I borrowed some underwater housing from a friend of mine that I borrowed before, and it worked all the other times before. So I didn't bring a backup in this case, and I couldn't get it to work, no matter what, it would not focus underwater. So I left the pool, went in my swimsuit and my boots, back to my studio to grab my other underwater camera while, while she was waiting. And it was, this was like a month ago maybe, and it was so cold outside that I was shaking so hard in the pool trying to take a picture. So I'm very proud that, that, that I even got anything in focus at that point. <laughs> I was pretty excited about it. Let's see, what else do I have to show you? I, was, I just liked this one and thought you guys would think this was cool because of the train in the snow. Um, this is one of those like, you know, the clients are, sorry, type two fun because it's freezing. They can't, their lips are frozen so it's hard to smile. <laughs> and shooting through the snow is a little tricky focusing. But I heard that train whistle and we were like, run! And we all got in front of the train and <laughs> got that picture, which I love. Um, Let's see, I just have a few more. Oh, so then I have a few pictures to show you that are type one fun, because they were just fun the whole time. But I entered them in some competitions and they did well, they won. And so I felt like they must be good enough to show you. <laughs> They're just not, they don't have that same type two fun story behind them. So I'll just kind of flip through them. <laughs> so we do some studio portraits. I think these are all high school seniors. This is here in Durango, cool, cool guy, cool car. <laughs> Cowboy. This one, I had seen someone do some lighting like this, and I was like, I need to learn how to do that. So we went out and did it. I'm going to end on this one. Um, this one, this was before steampunk was the theme for Snowdown, so I didn't know what steampunk was when I got assigned to photograph this at a conference we were teaching at. And so we did a ton of research and, and bought all these, you know, the, the clothing, the accessories, and we went and scouted where we were going to shoot. Um, I guess the type two fun <laughs> challenge for here was that I was photographing alongside a bunch of other photographers that in my opinion are some of the best in the world, so I felt very challenged to, to create something awesome, and I'm pretty proud of that one. So that's all I have for you right now. <laughs> Frank Commissar, he's always had a deep love for the majesty of the outdoors, preserves the beauty of the natural world through the lens of his camera creating images that are full of elegance and life. He moved into nature photography after a career in architecture, and though he is now a full-time nature photographer, his work is heavily influenced by his previous experience in that field. Hi, my name is Frank Commissar. My wife and I own and operate Scenic Aperture Gallery on 7th and Main. <clears throat> I'm a 
I'm a nature photographer, so what that means is, is I shoot landscapes and wildlife, and on a good day, I sell a few of those to tourists and uh, local homeowners, and um, um, so I get a lot of people into the gallery that, um, uh, some are phot photographers themselves, but typically they're not, and um, invariably I get a lot of questions uh, about a good number of my pictures, but uh, the wildlife by far uh, seems to uh, draw the most attention. And probably the uh, number one question I get about my wildlife photographs are, oh my God, how close were you to that bear? Or how close were you to that bison? Are you, you know, you fill in the blank. Um, because uh, um, to a lot of people, uh, especially non-photographers, the whole idea of shooting a scene like this um, would just be terrifying. And, and sometimes it is. Um, so I always get, how close were you to the coyotes in this case? Um, the, probably the second most common question I get about my wildlife photography is, have you ever have you ever gotten in trouble? Have you ever, have you ever been attacked? Have you ever been injured? Um, has anything gone wrong? And have you ever been, you know, uh, afraid for your life? And I'm happy to say that I never have, except for one time. Um, and uh, uh, that was during a photography workshop that I was teaching. One half of my business is selling my work in my gallery. The other half of my business is teaching uh, aspiring photographers how to do what I do. And I do that uh, through workshops. And a workshop is nothing more than a small group of photographers, um, some very beginner, some very advanced, um, where we go to some of these cool places uh, like Yellowstone National Park or, or uh, Monument Valley or any number of places. Um, and I teach, I teach what I do. Um, and every workshop starts out with an orientation session uh, where we talk about some, t the, some technical things about photography um, and, uh, the, and just the basics of the place. Um, but when we go to a place like uh, Yellowstone National Park, and, we, and I teach my workshop in May, which is very early for Yellowstone, but we go there because, uh, we go there in May because that's when um, all the all the the mama bears are coming out of their dens for the spring with the new cubs. The bison are calving. The elk are calving. Uh, it's just it's just it's it's waking up after a long cold winter. And for a good number of my clients, um, you know, it's the first time they've ever been to a place like that. And so when we're in a place. Um, like Yellowstone, we're in, when we're in bear country and when our primary photography target is mama bears and cubs, part of our orientation is spent on safety. Uh, doesn't matter how good a photograph you get if you don't get to come back and tell the story. Um, and so we spend a lot of time on how to behave in bear country. We talk about the ethics of wildlife photography. We talk about um, you know, how, how close we can get. Um, we talk about how to behave in case of a, a situation that might come up that might present a safety hazard. 
And so when we're in bear country, we, we, we get very serious about safety and, and uh, how to behave out there, um, all the way down to the point where we issue bear spray to each one of our participants. We teach them how to use it. We tell them that there's very, very unlikely that you'll have to use it, but in just in case, everybody's prepared. Um, and that gets everybody pretty excited, you know? And uh, like I said, sometimes these are the, this is the first time they've been to a place like Yellowstone. Um, but we end our orientation with that safety discussion, and uh, we go to dinner, and uh, we, we turn in for the night early so that we're ready for our very first shoot of the workshop at sunrise the following morning. Um, and so two years ago in Yellowstone during that workshop, we went through that whole process. Um, according to script, everything was perfect. And we uh, gathered for our first shoot and um, we, um, we headed out. And it wasn't more than 30 minutes um, after we left that we encountered our first bear. It was a single bear, and he was on a trail, probably 100 yards, maybe 150 yards down a trail. Um, we saw him from our vehicles, and, and so we got out, had a quick refresher on safety and how to behave. Everybody got it, and we began to shoot this bear who, like I said, was 150 yards down a trail. And he was just grazing. A lot of people don't realize it, but bears eat grass. This, this was a black bear, uh, just grazing along this trail. And we were doing great. First shoot of the day, um, first shoot of the workshop, and we have our first bear. Um, after a while, he turned and started coming back up the trail towards us, not in an aggressive way or anything. Um, continued to graze, continued to feed, you know, kind of meandering from one side of the trail to the other. Um, and he was getting closer and closer and got to a point where I made it clear to my folks that we needed to, we needed to back up and we needed to spread out. We didn't want to uh, uh, make the bear feel like he was, you know, confined or restricted. So we spread out. Everybody did. Everybody behaved perfectly. Everybody remembered what we talked about during the orientation. And um, being the smart guy that I am, I identified a really huge ponderosa pine about 100 feet off the trail, um, right at a curve in the trail. And I thought to myself, since all my people were back and in a safe distance, I decided I was going to pick up my camera um, and, and position myself behind that big ponderosa pine because in my mind, that bear was going to come up the trail and make that turn about 100 feet in front of me, and I was going to get some great pictures. So when I shoot animals like this, I have a very large lens, big heavy camera on a tripod. Um, and so you don't move. My point is you don't move around quickly. But anyway, as this bear was coming up the trail, and I saw that my, my uh, photographers were in good position, I moved behind that tree, and I, and I positioned my lens so that it was just peeking out from behind the tree. And as soon as I got there, the bear stopped grazing. And he made a beeline, not in a real fast, aggressive way, but he looked me in the eye, and he just started coming straight at me. And um, so it took me a few seconds to realize this probably wasn't a good thing. I wasn't sure what was going on. Behind me was a big, steep hill 
that went up to a, to a, a roadway, actually. And uh, so as the bear's getting closer and closer, and it's obvious he's coming towards me, I abandoned my camera behind the tree, just left it where it was, and I scrambled up the hill, and I watched the bear come right to the base of the tree, and he sniffed my camera, kind of reared up on its hind legs, and I thought he was going to knock it over. Uh, but he didn't. Um, and what he did was he climbed straight up that tree. And as I looked up the tree, I realized two things. He was a she, and she had put her cub about 100 feet up in that tree for safekeeping while she was feeding. So during our safety talk, I reminded everyone that the number one rule in bear country, which is not negotiable, is that you never, never, never position yourself between a mama bear and her cub. So what did I do? I violated rule number one. Um, and of course, all my clients have a ringside view of all this. I think it's quite humorous. <laughs> Taking pictures of me up on top of this hill with my camera at the base of the tree. And um, so she went up the tree. She settled in on this branch, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 feet above the ground, uh, which was convenient for me because that put her at eye level with me. And as a wildlife photographer, we're always trying to get at eye level with our subjects, uh, but in a safe way. Um, and so she settled in. She calmed down. Um, I weighed my options, which were stay up on top of the hill and not get any pictures, or go down the hill to the base of the tree, grab my camera, and go back up. And after about 10 minutes, and she was calm, and the cub was up top, I, I retrieved my camera, hauled it back up the hill, and ended up with a great picture. Um, and uh, uh, a lesson for my workshop clients, uh, this is what you don't do in bear country. The real lesson is when you're out in a place like this, you have to really be acutely aware of, what's, of your surroundings. I assumed that bear was a single. I assumed it was a male uh, because it was alone in that time of the year. Um, but all my assumptions were wrong, and, um, and I fell uh, victim of what commonly happens with wildlife photographers is you get excited, you know? You kind of, you get tunnel vision. You're looking through your lens at that subject, and uh, you lose track of what's going on around you. And uh, um, so two good things happened. I got a great picture, but I also learned a lesson for myself, and, and uh, um, hopefully I won't forget that. And, and, uh, and I won't make that mistake again. So that's the story behind this picture here. I titled it Bashful, because I just think she looks very bashful, like she's hiding behind the tree. But she was probably quite perturbed with my presence. But uh, anyway, if you stop by the gallery, she's hanging on the wall, along with uh, a good number of the other pictures that you saw earlier. So thank you very much.